Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode where we're going to talk about how you can export a Microsoft list to CSV, how to share apps with external users in Microsoft Teams meetings and chats, and how to launch your portal, your SharePoint portal, to your users. Let's roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Yes, sir. What an exciting list of updates, Daniel. Uh, I know that there's more, there's more but um, it's going to be an interesting week. And before we get into them, though, Daniel, I just want to encourage uh, people who are watching us, if this is the first time you've tuned in, that if you subscribe to this channel, then uh, you'll be able to hear of us each week as we try and cover off some of these messages. It's a good resource, you would say, to tune in and at least get some opinions and some thoughts across not just Daniel and I, but the community as well, in terms of uh, what is landing in Microsoft 365 and how you should prepare for it. I would agree. It's not just us. We have some great contributors that are part of chat and those that um, – that collaborate with us. And so love hearing everyone's opinions and thoughts on how they do keep up with change. And also follow us on Twitter. We'd love to uh, have you follow us on mm-hmm. Twitter. And uh, we plan, we have some plans for our Twitter account and some exciting plans. And we need some more followers to make those plans happen. So that was let- mysterious. <clears throat> Well, let's, I'm trying to make it a little mysterious, you know, for those people that join us on Twitter and, you know, so join us. Okay. Uh, it's 365 MCS. Simple. Let's jump into this, shall we? This is export list to CSV MC254423. Now, when we're talking about lists, this is um, specifically, we're, we're really talking about um, Microsoft list, but SharePoint list. Okay. So this we have, um, this actually has already rolled out and it rolled out in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. And it's fully available and Microsoft does apologize for rolling it out and not telling you about it at all. So this uh, is when you're on a Windows machine and you're, and you can do this um, on Mac to export to CSV, but on Windows machine, you go to export to Excel button and uh, you can then select CSV. So it's just export. You can do export workbook or then export CSV. And uh, this is great because we've, we're able to go one way, right? Import a CSV. Now we can export CSV. We've done this before. We've been able to do this, um, being able to export. You can export it to Excel and save it as CSV, for instance. Uh, but sometimes you want a CSV. So that's comma something, something separated value, separated value. That's what it is. Golly. Um, so use this functionality. It's already there. Unfortunately, when the feature rolled out, they added it to document libraries as well as lists. And, <laughs> you know, it kind of doesn't work with document libraries. So they're going to roll that back, uh, that part of it anyway, and leave it in lists. What should you do? You know, tell people about it. But uh, probably, you know, if they're looking to do some exporting with their list, they probably already know about it, right? Because it's right there under export. So uh, 
cool functionality, real simple. Uh, and I know that I use it and will continue to use it in various scenarios where I'm trying to manipulate my data. Um, so yeah, yippee. Good, good. That's it. Uh, Daniel, yes. um, this message, uh, look, it's one of those titles where you mm -hmm. wish there was a bit more to suggest what it's about. Yes. Apps in external scenarios, MC254426. Uh, apps in external scenarios, in external scenarios such as a meeting or a chat. Uh, so this is specific to Microsoft Teams. Um, and the funny thing is, as you read into the message, it also starts to talk about external um, chats and meetings with Skype for Business, which is on its way out. Um, so let's just bring it down to, to the external experience. This is when we uh, have a chat with a contact from outside of our organization, or we've invited them to a meeting. Um, they may be guests within our environment, maybe not. Maybe they're just coming along and joining the meeting. And we, we have chat, we're talking away. Uh, within Teams, uh, we can go one step further. We can set up our virtual meeting space and add apps. And this has been quite useful for organizations that want to have a meeting centered around, let's say, a Kanban board, or they want to bring in um, some other information and add it to a tab in the meeting. And uh, up until now, uh, you have not been able to share this information or these tabs with external people attending these meetings or participating in the chats. Now you can. And that's that's going to be a good thing because uh, we do have meetings with people. We want to be able to make it a bit more informative. We want to bring in the information within this meeting space. And maybe we don't necessarily want to invite them in to be a team member within our environment. So the, this is a, a good functionality to, to see come and become available. We don't have too much information or examples around the types of apps, but I do believe that it's all part of the move towards having a meeting optimized apps and allowing our, uh, our guests uh, within these meetings to, to participate in this in a more fuller right. sense. Uh, one we talked about last week, remember, was whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, your first kind of scenario about the Kanban, I, per, dead on, is project meetings where you're working with external people and you're needing to share your uh, planner plan and make getting that part of the meeting and and uh, as well as any other types of resources that you know need to be part of that. I 100% that that is probably how I will use this most. And I would venture to guess a lot more people or a lot of other people will be using it uh, very similarly to where, you know, mm. it's around uh, projects or around those meetings where you're doing external people. So, yeah. Uh, look, this, this um, message, though, I would want a bit more definition around that to say whether Planner is one of those apps that is included because we know today it's, it's you know yep. not not a clear well, experience i agree and that it but there is plans for planner and so <laughs> you know i think that's setting the the groundwork for stuff like that um mm. and and chat right too so being mm. able to it's not just a meeting it's also um in the chat yeah well that's the strength of a team's meeting that 
you can have that chat before, during and after and, and encouraging that life cycle, particularly in recurring meetings, mm-hmm. meeting series where yes. the conversation is going to continue. So this is um, rolling out. Begin, begin the rollout in early June. Um, it's going to be a, a tenant level rollout. Um, so it's not something that requires necessarily users to have specific access. Uh, it's going to be available uh, to the whole tenant. Um, and so, Daniel, uh, tell us about this launch. headline of ours. We're going to launch. We're going to be the the SpaceX of Microsoft 365. We're going to launch. New okay. launcher <laughs> portal using the SharePoint portal launch scheduler. Say, I told you we're going to be launching. Oh, wait. Yeah. Launching? Yeah, we launched. Um, okay, MC254891. Okay, For those on the podcast, Daryl did his you know, impression of you know, us moving. Anyway. So this is all about when you are rolling out a new portal. And portal, I think, has a different definition for some. Uh, it really depends on, I guess, your experience with portals and what that means. Uh, when I say portal, when I think about portal, I'm thinking it's your... Uh, a part of or your main intranet. So it's a place where people go to to get information and to take some action. So this is a place they come for news. This is a place they come for links off to various resources. This is whether mm-hmm. that's internal on that site or external of that site, whether it's on another site or external, you know, on some other uh, internet website. Uh, that that is a portal to me. It's a place for people to come to interact with information, get information and interact with it. So HR portal would be I'm coming to get my benefits and see the um, handbook, the employee handbook and find out some news about, you know, the open enrollment process, uh, you know, et cetera. So what about um, what about ones that are maybe pinned to a certain event or mm-hmm. product that's been launched? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. If you're a product company and you're going to launch a new product, having a product portal that gives you all the you know details about marketing, about specs, about support, you know, with your beta testers uh, and and how to the spec sheets of um, helping you know those that will be answering calls to troubleshoot issues. I mean, you know, that's a portal where you have a bunch of resources mm. together to accomplish a task. So this is. This announcement is all about SharePoint giving you the capability to say, I want to schedule a launch in phases, basically. So this will be rolling out late May for targeted release uh, and expected to be completed in targeted release by mid-June and then standard release mid-June through mid-July. We'll see if they meet that time frame. And I'm not, that's not a knock on SharePoint at all. It's just, we've, we're seeing a lot of stuff not exactly hitting dates here recently. And I hope that they do. So this is going to be able to win. This is the tricky part. And I think you do need to, for those that are, um, our site owners and will be managing a site, a new site. If they publish the homepage of a new site, um, and it's the first three versions of that new, you know, when you say you 
publish the first version. You're like, oh, edit, republish. So three, the first three versions, they're going to get a prompt. SharePoint's going to prompt them and say, hey, do you want to launch this? I don't think three is the right number. In fact, I, I feel like don't talk to me until at least four or five. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's my experience when I'm creating a, a site. It's not going to be ready my first edit. You know, it's not going to be ready my second edit. You know, it's going to be four or five before because I'm, uh, you know, I might sit down and work on it for a while. But anyway, so it's important to know that, that those first three times you hit that button, there is going to be a pop up that's going to say, hey, do you want to do this? So you can schedule if you say yes, then you will have a prompt. You'll be able to schedule the uh, launch. And really the way this works is you would launch it initially especially if it's a large portal, if it's your new intranet for your entire organization, or it's a new HR portal or a new product portal, like Daryl was mentioning, then, um, and you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of users, then you're going to want to launch this to a small group, get some feedback. Hey, is this, is this good? What would you change? And then make those changes and then, and then roll out to another group, maybe a larger group. How's the page performance going? You know, we have the page performance checker so we can see is, is, are we okay? Did we add some external stuff that's maybe slowing it down? So keeping an eye on that as we gradually release to more and more users. So that's what this is all about. Okay. And mm -hmm. this is really a best practice, uh, doing it that way. There's some notes here. You're able to do this via PowerShell, but now we have it in the UI. So now it's, we're, we're going to get it and it's going to prompt us. Um, and the, the PowerShell will still work. So just let you know. And just go ahead and schedule if you go past those three <laughs> prompts, right? Just like I will for everyone. Then you can navigate. You can go to the settings pane and from the homepage select schedule site launch. And that will be available to you. It does need to be a SharePoint communication site. And you will need site owner permissions or, or higher. Uh, and what it means by or higher, that's your site collection administrator, um, mm. you know, would be higher too. So if you're, again, if you're launching a portal, I would highly suggest you go through this process because you do want to get feedback. In fact, everyone, we do this informally now for uh, when I'm rolling on the internet for any of my clients, we do this informally now where we create the site, the, the uh, team members I'm working with, they, they get it the way they want it to look like, and oh, I'm going to pull in some people to take a look and give some feedback every time. This is the way it works. And then we make some tweaks and then we release it to uh, a certain other group, you know, okay, here, here it is. Final product, wink, wink, you know, meaning, if there is something that needs to be changed, we can still do that. And then it's released to the, you know, to the organization generally. So uh, this gives us the out of the box functionality to do that, to manage that process with the technology rather than just managing it with permissions. That's the way we've been doing it before. What do you think, Daryl? Is this, is this kind of in line with what you see with launching portals, whether that's a product or internet or so forth? I have to admit that probably in New Zealand where the um, audiences are a little smaller that we we don't usually see 
um, you know, that kind of load testing so much needed, except when you are adding, um, like you say, apps or, or external sources. Uh, I think, yeah, th this is going to be definitely useful. Uh, I'm interested to know, like, as I look into the um, the healthy kind of measurement too, you know, how is it determining that and, and what sort of factors it's looking for. I think you said page load time is one and, um, yeah, what else is what else is in there that determines whether it's healthy or not? Well, I think that it is page load time is one of the criteria, but it's also indicative of other issues, right? And mm. they introduced that the page healthiness, um, quote unquote, for and there's a link in the announcement here, the page diagnose diagnostics for SharePoint tool. That'll give you all the information you want about that tool and how that's mm. measuring the performance. But it that is a, like I said, it's one factor, but it, it's an indication that there's other things going on. And it'll give you some right. insights into, are you making too many calls externally? Are you loading from a CDN that's slow, you know, or not loading from a CDN at all? Uh, so mm -hmm. things like that. So that's, that's where you're gonna get some real benefits. Again, you're right, if you have, sub a thousand users, you know, and it's really out of the box kind of functionality, you're probably not going to see any issues with performance. But if you're rolling this out uh, with a lot of stuff going on on the page and mm. to a lot of users, then you may see some. And you don't want it to be you launch the thing and the first impression is everybody loads it at once and they can't load it or it takes five mm. seconds to load, you know, no one wants that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Mm. So what about outlook Daryl? What about dictating emails? Is that something you do? You know what? Uh, yeah, I do. I dictate all sorts of text into a mobile because this is all about dictating on the iPhone and the iPad. But um, in terms of using the dictation function or feature within some of the Office apps, not so much. But maybe I will uh, after looking at this. This is MC254892. And it is about introducing the, the dictation feature into the mobile experience. Today, we can click a button even within Word Online, um, Word on the desktop as well, so various different Office apps, and dictate and talk out our content. And I, I, it wasn't really until today when I took a closer look at some of the commands that are available in dictation, I thought, wow, this is actually quite an impressive list of what you can express and tell uh, the dictation feature to to use to create content on the page for you. Uh, so this is uh, going to be interesting to see it working within Outlook on the iPhone and the iPad. And you know, my first thought, as I said earlier, was, well, why would I use this? I can tap a little microphone on my keyboard on the iPhone, and Apple takes care of it. What, what more is this going to offer over and above? What do you think uh, it will offer more of, Daniel? Well, I think that the control uh, is what mm -hmm. is is the benefit you're going to get above 
just the regular dictate button that you know apple provides on the iphone and ipad since that's what we're talking about mm. um mm. That, that's going to be the real benefit yeah. right yeah and there's something that you also um benefit from using this over and above the apple feature or the android feature once it arrives is it's it's part of the connected experience suite of uh ways the office uh, connects in um sorry i didn't explain that very well <laughs> when when you are using the office applications you're uploading documents you're connecting with people it's um connected to the the cloud services and mm -hmm. it will make suggestions based on your content and all of those sorts of factors so what you should end up with is as you're dictating you should get suggestions and you should get some greater accuracy based on that content and i i sort of cast my mind back to tools like dragon natural speaking and other third-party tools that originally had this sort of thing you could you could get them to scan the documents that you might have in a certain folder and it would build up a repository of common words that you use and it would give greater accuracy and I believe this is one of the benefits of using this as a connected feature uh, to the Office experience, to the Microsoft 365 experience, that you should see greater accuracy mm. in your dictation. Um, I think uh, it just it, it's starting out with English US as as usual, because that's where the development is to start with. Uh, I don't know the rate at which they'll be able to address other languages, but um, it seems to be rolling out mid-May and expect to be completed early June. I don't expect it to be super accurate with New Zealand and Australian accents in this part of the world. Well, I would say even there's some accents in the U.S. that it may struggle with. But one, the kind of last thing I'll mention on this is that uh, the Microsoft cares about your privacy statement on here. I think that's good that they're being upfront with, hey, mm. we're, we do not store this data that you're talking. We use it, and then we don't store it. It's sent and used only to provide those results that you're trying to get. Um, so, I, frankly, I, I'm not sure I would trust some other companies that say something like that. Uh, so... They may use them for ads, you know, things like that. So uh, it's nice for them to mention, I think. Um, Very true. Daryl, let's get to quick mentions, shall we? Yeah. So the first quick mention, I'm going to quickly mention it. Thank you. Thank you for all those that just chuckled. Records management announcing public preview of multi-stage disposition review. MC25443. Two, And for those of you that are using the disposition review, this is going to, I hope uh, you had the same reaction as I, I said, whoa, this is awesome because I don't need to manually create stages, meaning in my process, offline processes, I have to create stages. I can now create them online in the tool, create stages. So I'm going to be able to, this is uh, begin rolling out mid-May, expected by the end of May, so pretty quickly, be able to create um, re retention labels with multi-review and approval stages. 
at the end of the retention period. So you've got content coming to the end of the retention period. What do you do with it? Now you can create multiple stages. So here's one stage. We've got um, a group of disposition reviewers. They'll be able to, to view and act on files. And then when that's done, it goes to the next stage. That's awesome, especially for more complex scenarios. Sometimes one stage is fine, but then other times you need multiple stages of, of review. So loving this. Um, I know it's a quick, quick uh, mention, so I'll stop talking about it, but read more about this if you're doing this uh, because you're gonna be able to do multiple stages and really have more control over that review. All right. Fantastic. I got this. I got this. Um, so this quick mention is uh, in the space of OneDrive. It is about sharing um, documents. And when you go to share documents, uh, you can use a feature called quick permissions. I'm sharing this document. I am putting the name, as Daniel's showing there on the screen, of who I want to share it with. And recently, we had seen the sharing permissions of view or edits move up beside the name. So it's really prominent. You can um, adjust those permissions as you're adding the people to the list of who you want to share it with. MC254893 adds the link settings button. So if this is not enough, if you want to do more than just change it from view and add and you want to, uh, from the OneDrive perspective, maybe set an expiry link, then hitting that link settings button will bring up the fuller dialog box that we normally see and you can go to it and set all the usual bits and pieces that you normally would. Uh, so this is rolling out to targeted release for the entire org. Uh, beginning early May, so now-ish, and expect to be completed mid-May, and standard release will set mid-May, and we'll see that finished by late May, unless it's updated. <laughs> nice. I have to say that these days. Yes, you do. Next, PowerPoint Live. Present to teams from PowerPoint for Mac, MC255080. Just wanted to mention this. As we talked about this before, but it was all about Windows. Now we've got it for Mac, and this will be rolling out early June, complete the rollout by late June. So if you wanna hear our conversations about this functionality specifically, then check out our previous episode where we discussed this, which was, I think it was last week, so episode 193. So check that out if you would like to uh, listen to our um, comments on that. But uh, so it's coming to Mac. Yay. Cool for those Mac people. One thing I wanted to mention, if you were listening last week and you heard me talk about that the PowerPoint example they were showing was only one slide. It was boring. Well, this update, I think they were listening to me, folks, because they have now this uh, preview of a PowerPoint has four slides, four times as many. Well, goodness. This, this is to a designer audience, you see, So and they're more about visuals, so... Daryl, you know. no, it's because they listen to me. That's what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Recommend some well, stuff for me. listen to me now, Daniel. Yes, please. Yeah, listen to me now. Um, when we go to office.com, we get this lovely little homepage, and, and we can see um, things that we've been working on recently. That list has grown, and it's... It, filterable and searchable and all that's really great um, but along the top you've got these cards of content that you might be interested in stuff that you might have been working on but maybe your team members have been working on and 
that is coming to the office applications uh, on your desktop. So Excel, Word, PowerPoint. Uh, when you go to open PowerPoint, for example, uh, and on that page where it's the home page for the app, as they call it, uh, then you'll be able to see not just templates that you can choose from, but things that you might also be interested in to open up and view. Um, so that is uh, MC255074. And, and, that, and it, only, out. it only recommends content hmm? you have permissions to. So let's, oh, yeah, you know. we do have to call that out each yep. time too, yes. Right. So if you are setting those links properly using the other update I was talking about, <laughs> yep. then it will only share it with people that should be able to see it. Timing, beginning, rolling out early June and completed mid-September. So that's quite a stretch. It is. Hmm. It is a bit of a stretch, but it's office, it's the apps on you. So it's going to roll yeah. out through the different um, release cycles. Channels. Yeah, to lift mm. the different channels. It is callback time. Da, 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 da. We need a button. Callback. We need a button that has some call. awesome. Callback. Okay. All right. Microsoft List, the callback. Microsoft List, new integrate drop down menu powered by SharePoint, MC245847. So this one we talked about, and it's all about changing that menu from going from, and I will pop this out and do that. So before we had the automate menu, and when you went to automate, you could do create a rule, which is a SharePoint functionality only, or go to power automate. And then there was a power apps menu. Now, Let's pull this up. We have two menus, one called Automate and the other one called Integrate. And now Integrate is where you're gonna find Power Apps and Power Automate and future Power BI. We talked about that release uh, coming uh, that should be rolling out very, very soon, having Power BI in here as part of the list. Let's take a look, shall we, Daryl? Sure. So uh, here's my here's a Microsoft list, and you'll see I've got the new integrate, and I have Power Apps, so I can create an app from this list. I can customize my forms for this list. I have my Power Automate, where I can create my flow. Uh, I can create a flow or see all my flows uh, for this list right here in the integrate menu. And then when I go to automate. I will see setting a reminder, and this again is uh, utilizing, uh, we're looking at setting a reminder based upon a date here for this list. Also, we have uh, create a rule, and this is the SharePoint powered alert settings, really is what this is powering, the new modern alerting, uh, or manage those rules. So we're separating them out. It actually makes a whole lot of sense to me I hope it makes sense to you. It did not make sense before to me of having the rule and the automate and, and then power apps was separate. I love this. If I'm going to change things up, I want to go to integrate. And this is an integration with external power apps, power automate, power BI in the future. The power platform is not part of SharePoint. It's not part of lists. It shouldn't. I feel like calling it out, putting it together is a, is a great idea. I'm, there may be people who disagree with me and it's okay. You can be wrong too. Um, Ooh. so, and then also in the export, you'll notice we talked about this. Uh, the first announcement this week was export. We have export to CSV there as well. 
Was that too harsh, Daryl? To say? Uh, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. It certainly was. Please yeah. forgive me yep. for those I have offended. Well, um, we don't want to alienate our audience. And as we're ending the show now, we, we want to keep them listening, right? So, because we do want to keep serving them up uh, the good opinions, good thoughts, uh, the community that gets engaged with us. Uh, so do uh, continue to tune in. If you haven't already done so, do subscribe, do like the, the episode if it has been useful to you, because that does help others find the episode as well. Uh, we do, as Daniel said at the top of the show, we have a Twitter handle, it's 365NCS, and we do have some activity going on there, and a bit more soon in the future. Uh, we're looking forward to doing that. Um, Clubhouse still plugging away at Clubhouse and trying that out. Apparently that's just become available to Android people mm -hmm. today or yesterday. So, yeah, uh, keep an eye out for that. Thanks to everyone who joined us in the live chat as well. You're always adding value there. Yes. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>